0: Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. I think sometimes people want to throw the junior developer in on the deep end too quickly. It's good to like maybe give them a small bug and then maybe give them like a bigger bug, but one that was related to a small bug. That way they start to be able to make those connections. In the Women Who Code career nav segment of our show, You'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. My name is Rizelle Scarlett. I'm a developer advocate at GitHub. I am, or I've been a software engineer for approximately three years. And I am the program director at G-Code House, which is an organization that's aimed at teaching women of color and non-binary people of color to code. I'm very passionate um, about empowering and educating others about technical topics. And I also have an addiction to Twitter. So on that note, go ahead and follow me on Twitter or Hashnode or Dev.2 or GitHub um, at Black Girl Bites. Hopefully soon I'll be on TikTok and YouTube and Twitch. I'm still getting used to the video format. So give me some time. All right. so. Every developer is a teacher, in my opinion. Maybe you don't think of yourself that way, but it's definitely either explicit in your job responsibility or implicit. So for people who is it's explicit for is if you're like a bootcamp founder or a teacher at a bootcamp or a mentor, your your role is to teach, right? Or maybe you work at a school or a college and you're a professor or you're in developer relations like me. Your, your whole... The whole point of your job is to basically teach developers. But for other people who are like engineering managers, senior developers, mid-level developers, and even some junior developers, you may not realize it, but that's part of your job responsibility too. It may not say it in your job description, but you have to, or it's kind of like you have to help other junior engineers or less experienced engineers and help them grow so they can get to where you are. And I think a lot of people try to do that, um, but they're not empowering others as they teach. And to me, if you're not doing that, you're teaching poorly. So here's a couple of lessons that I learned from those three perspective shifts that I talked about. The first one was in observing my husband's experience, right? So we both learned to code at the same time. We went to the same coding bootcamp. So we had similar skill sets, but I was always curious, why does he feel happy at work? Why does he feel empowered? And he's not getting, he's not experiencing the same things as me. Um, so when we moved in together, I started to kind of eavesdrop and I was like, wow, this is how he gets treated at work. So here's a couple things that I learned from his manager and team to listen as much as you speak. Um, with your junior developer. Maybe even listen more, right? Because as a mentor, you might feel excited to share all of your knowledge, uh, but that could be super overwhelming for the junior developer. And you may be um, ignoring their actual needs. You might be like, oh, I wanna help you with this, this and this, but maybe that's not what they need. So listen to figure out what they want and need, and then also make support available to them. Um, I noticed that for my husband, he had office hours, he had a designated mentor to help him answer any questions, and they their job was to prioritize answering those questions and helping him. Um, that made him feel safe, that made him feel like he can ask a question anytime. Unfortunately for me, I was in a situation where my developer or the other senior developers were busy. They were bogged down with a lot of work, so they didn't have time to deal with my questions, and it made me feel like I was incompetent or stupid for asking questions. So definitely create space or time for them to ask questions. And then also set clear goals and expectations. Most junior developers don't want to be junior forever, right? They want to know that they're not being stagnant. They want to reach different milestones. So make those clear. How can they get to the next step? Um, From what I noticed from my husband is his manager had a checklist of different things that would help him get from level one to level two. And so he was able to reach that path. But for me, I kept asking my manager, how do I get from level one to level two? And he was kind of like, I don't really know. So it kind of made me feel like I'm not going to get to move anywhere. And maybe I suck so bad that I can't get to the second level. Uh, Also, teaching at G-Code really put me in this position of now understanding how other senior developers feel. Sometimes teaching people to code can feel super frustrating, right? Um, And scary, and you may feel like you have to have an ego. So the first thing I learned is about being vulnerable. Um, I noticed that tech is rooted in elitism and academia. We always pretend to know it all. Um, It's kind of the norm to be like, oh yeah, I already know that. But you have to be honest, you don't know everything. And I think by saying that, you reduce that pressure that new developers feel um, that they like have to know everything. So at G-Code, I always say, I don't know, let's Google it. And I encourage the other mentors to do the same. That way um, the people that are learning to code aren't feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to pretend like I know or I can't ask questions. Also, don't ask if they've Googled it. I used to hate when people did this to me when I was an early career developer, and then I realized I started doing it to other people too. But I took a step back, and I was like, why am I asking them this? Because I don't want them to rely on me only, of course. But obviously, they probably Googled it if they're coming to you. Asking for help takes a lot of like swallowing your pride. So instead, I try to lead them um, through like a more, like a framework, a question framework. I've asked them like, what's your goal? Like, what are you trying to do? What have you already tried? And what did those results look like? That way, instead of just saying, have you Googled it? They are answering those questions, we're not wasting time, and in the future they know to answer those questions, like they get used to the pattern. They're like, hey, Rizal, here's what I'm at, here's what I've tried, here's what it looked like. The other thing I learned is that your teaching style may not be suitable for their learning style. Um, The way you want to teach is not always the way they learn best. And you kind of have to learn to adapt to their learning preferences and provide op- options for them to learn best. I know there's that tendency to want to teach how you learned or how you feel best, but I noticed that it doesn't work. At G Code, sometimes I would make an analogy because that's the analogy that clicked at me. And then I would look at everyone's faces and it would be completely blank. So I realized okay, some people need to learn by video, some people need to learn by doing it together, some people need applicable. Um, Examples and some people need a little bit more theoretical ones. So you have to learn to adapt to that. Also for more formal teaching, here's like three quick tips using spaced repetition. It's a method um, that people use to review material at systematic intervals because our brains can't hold everything at once. So for this, I use Kahoot quizzes. Um, Basically every week we do like a little fun Kahoot quiz. And I will, it's its its competitive and not scary in a way. Um, and basically I'll use some questions from like the first week and I'll sprinkle it in with questions from like the seventh week. That way they'll try to remember new stuff and then get a reminder of some older um, concepts. I also gather feedback every week. This is part of listening more than you speak. Um, You wanna make sure you get an understanding of how the junior engineer is feeling and what you can do to make it better instead of just assuming how they feel. Also gradually increase responsibility or learning. This works for both work and in a educational setting. Um, I think sometimes people wanna throw the junior developer in on the deep end too quickly. It's good to like maybe give them a small bug and then maybe give them like a bigger bug but one that was related to the small bug. That way they start to be able to make those connections. Um, If you wanna learn a little bit more about teaching junior developers, um, I would suggest you follow Leon Noel. He teaches at 100 Devs and he also taught me at Resilient Coders. April, she is the founder of Compassionate Coding. And then Becca, who also does virtualcoffee.io. All of these organizations specialize in supporting and mentoring Um, more junior or early career developers. All right. Now for one of the last things I learned um, was when I switched jobs and I worked in an environment where I believed I could thrive. Um, One thing that my manager had me do was reflect between tasks. So basically, after completing a um, a ticket, I would write a note or blog about what I learned. And this way I retained what I learned. And I was like, wow, this is such a good practice. Why don't people do this more often? Um, Rather than moving from one ticket to the next, and now you completely forgot what you learned and you don't even have a space or place to look back at it. Um, Oftentimes I think we like put a lot of pressure on, like we gotta get this done, we gotta get this done, but we need to prioritize learning for junior developers. Also introducing empathetic, code reviews. Um, I think a lot of times people or engineers like to be very blunt, uh, but it's good to be thoughtful and kind and take time to read the code properly and provide thoughtful advice. Also, let the junior engineer know when your suggestions are blockers or nitpicks. Uh, That was one thing um, one of my teams did when I switched jobs. They were like, oh, this one can't go into production, so definitely change this. But this is a bit of a nitpick. You can still merge it, but just make sure for the future, this is a better way that you can do this. That way, the junior developer is not feeling super overwhelmed and not sure how to tackle each and every one of um, the feedback. And then on handling mistakes, this is one that I'm very passionate about. Um, Avoid placing blame and help let a junior engineer fix an issue when they make a mistake, especially if they indicate that they need help, right? Let them know it's okay and that you've made the mistake before, and just give them tips on how to avoid the mistake in the future, because a lot of times, the developers already beating up themselves for making a mistake, so you don't need to beat up on them even more. Also, know that it's leadership's fault or the team's fault that they made a mistake, because there's not enough guardrails in place. Like if there was guardrails in place, they wouldn't have made that mistake. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers, but back in June, HBO Max sent out this empty test email. And then at the end of it all, they said, oh, it was the intern and we're helping them through it. I personally don't think that's okay. Maybe that intern felt okay with it, but you never know how someone will react to it. And it wasn't the intern's fault. It was their fault because the intern shouldn't have been able to do that. There should have been guardrails in place um, to avoid that. And then this is advice for any companies or engineering leaders or hiring managers who are listening. Um, If you wanna make this space a good place for junior engineers, start thinking about your culture. Um, Give positive reinforcement to early career devs, Um, more senior devs, everyone, create that culture of giving positive reinforcement and telling them, here's where you're doing good. Because that will encourage people to want to do even better. They're like, wow, my manager believes in me. They like me. They like what I'm doing. I'm going to go even harder and genuinely highlight their achievements, even if it's something that's small to you. Maybe you already have accomplished that a million times before, but this is a junior developer's first time doing that. So let them know that they're doing a good job. Also in hiring, I think people have a tendency to ignore um, arrogance or big egos uh, because of intelligence. Because you're like, okay, our main goal is making sure we have a great code base. But will it really be a great code base if the other developers around them, especially junior engineers, aren't feeling psychological safety? And you wanna make sure you're hiring developers who are humble and would advocate for other mistreated members on your team. And then think about process, right? I think Scrum and Kanban or Kanban, I don't know how to say it, but those processes keep engineers focused on completing tickets. Um, but and while that's good, right? We want to be moving forward. We want to um, get tickets done. It's not always encouraging them to help each other because they're like, "I gotta get this done. I can't. I can't be chatting with you. We are on a new sprint. I gotta get this done before um, the day is over, so that I'm not going over my story point time." But start thinking of methods to prioritize helping each other on your team um, while still making progress on your code base or product or whatever. And then also write clear tickets and documentation so that your junior developer can start working confidently. I think a lot of times I've sat down and I read a ticket and I've been like, I have no clue what they want me to do. And I'm, because this environment is scary, I don't want to ask. So now you're, you're um, because you didn't take that time, to write out a well thought out ticket, you're losing time on my own engineering work because I sat here for an hour trying to figure out what's going on. That is essentially the end of my talk. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening and continue to make the world a better place for early career developers. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission, and the work we do across the tech industry visit our website womenwhocode.com you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at women who code be sure to check out our youtube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos just go to youtube.com backslash women who code thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.